I am Bill Cartwright with Living Right with Bill Cartwright. And this is the Stress Mastery Podcast, where we take you from the science to the spirituality of stress mastery. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stress Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Bill Cartwright, and I am here with the super millennial, David Barreto, giving us the millennial perspective. Big Dave, how you doing, bro? Doing good. How's it going? It's going pretty well. This week has been a cool topic. Our topic is respect. Today's Connection Thursday, we're discussing relationships and respect. Just for you. (laughs) So respect is your acceptance of another, even if they are different or they may disagree with you. Respect and disrespect is a program held in the mind, held in the programmed identity ego. Respect does not come naturally in most people. Respect must be consciously set in relationships. The reason? Respect can only present from the state of expansion based energy courage on the mountain in the green zone. Respect is given from the identity of event, awareness, and response. Respect cannot be given through the ego, for the ego exists in the red zone valley and in a state of restriction, base energy fear. This is the identity that's held in event, judgment, and reaction. You are not going to have respect in that state. You understand that, right? Yeah, for sure. So in our states of judgment, we are out of alignment, which means our inner world is not aligned to what is in the outer world. Respect is acceptance. It's accepting another as they are. Judgment is reaction. That you want them to be the way you want them to be, to act the way you want them to act, to be in alignment to your reality and belief systems of should. So touch on that for a moment. Do you understand how those two states and respect work? Yeah. And you know, the the thing that I think with acceptance, I feel like that's um, one that people feel like, so I'm just supposed to roll over. And that's not what we mean nope. you know because I, I have that conversation with a lot of people so oh he's supposed to treat me like that no there's a very difference between being a doormat and accepting that people aren't on the same page as you or different beliefs or they're growing at a different pace than you that right there is accept- and then not judging yep. them for and that. that's what we're going to get into today because mm-hmm. if you look at shift coaching it's the process of self-authoring your identity of mind and this is letting go of the identity that was set for you as a child and consciously writing your script of the life you desire. To accomplish a complete shift, moving from stage three of development, socialized mind, to stage four of development, self-author mind, one must shift all five life categories out of the valley onto the mountain. Now, much of this work is making a decision to change your life. You build a career. You build wealth. You build health. You build new skills. All of this is interacting in the external world and building up your self-esteem. You put in the work, you create the change. Now, many people spend their lives on this journey only to find they're still not happy. They still feel like they must do more. They do feel fulfilled. Some feel lost. Some feel empty. Some even get depressed. And to escape, they turn to drugs having an affair, illicit sex, alcohol, and many will actually 
destroy in a short time what took years for them to build. Now, why does this happen? The answer, they did not shift the relationship life category. That's what causes it. While the other life category, career, finance, health, and personal development, is about them and their self-esteem, the relationship life category involves others, and most important, it involves the inner factor of the person and their self-worth. It's very important to understand this as we start to talk about relationships. Your thought on that, David? Yeah, like, like you said, the, the, the patience that comes along with it and the amount of time that it builds and how easily uh, a certain conversation or allowing your ego to, to spill out and get the best of you can destroy what you've done for months or even years. Yes. I mean, relationships, parents that are married, I mean, foster business, anything can be destroyed in seconds, yep. especially when two egos are going at it rather than being patient. And so when we talk about that relationship life category, as most of us must learn, it's about you. The program is set as a child and it tells you, you know, the program that's set tells you that the relationship program is about others. And this creates the ego story that they made me feel like this. They make me behave like this. They are ruining my life. They disrespect me. All of that was a lie. A lie that keeps you stuck in a reality of anger, frustration, worry, grief, and guilt. So let's discuss relationships and respect. To do this, we must address the pendulum of respect and disre disrespect in a relationship. It's a pendulum, respect and disrespect, okay? So mm -hmm. there are two types of relationships that we talk about in Stress Mastery. They're expansion relationships. These are relationships that exist on the mountain in growth, in conflict resolution, and in respect. Then there are restriction relationships. These relationships exist in the valley in fear, in drama, in conflict, and in disrespect. Do you understand how these two type of energies from red zone to green zone relationships work? Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the big thing to, to note is where a person's at. We talk about habitual states all the time. And I think especially when it goes into relationships, to be aware of where that person is and not stoop down to it. Because two people in the same energy, it doesn't do anything good. But when there's one person higher with awareness to it, you can, you know, diffuse the situation and not make it worse rather than just saying, all right, gloves up and let's just destroy it. And that's the truth. So let's look at them. So the restriction relationship will present with disrespectful behavior. When you live in a restriction relationship, it not only affects the relationship, but it also affects you as an individual. If you are changing your behavior so someone will not be upset with you, or if you are imposing your will on another to behave in a manner that you believe is proper, if you are attempting to change the other person to fit your relationship program, you are setting your reality in conflict. And this will begin to affect the other life categories, especially the health life category. 
So disrespect in relationships most commonly manifests as a power imbalance where one person feels unappreciated or undervalued by their partner. This is usual, right? At its core, disrespect comes from fear and insecurity, restriction state-based energy fear from the red zone. Now, disrespect in a relationship can come in many forms. Mental, one partner thinks that they are more um, intellectual than the other, smarter, emotional. One partner has a, a love program that doesn't match the others, right? They're more emotional. Physical, one partner may be into their body while the other lets themselves go. And then they're spiritual. One partner may have strong religious programs while the other doesn't, right? But you can see when you're in a, in a restriction relationship, you have to understand you can't see in the valley. Each person in a relationship is in their own reality. And those realities are clashing. Nobody's in charge except their egos. Your thought on that? Yeah. Like, like I said, it's the, the awareness from that aspect. Because I think it's not about, like you said, being in charge either. You know, it's it's understanding, and then that's where the conversation aspect of it. Because anytime an argument's there, that's not a conversation. And most people say, "Well, we talked about it." Not if you were yelling at each right. other or upset at each other. That wasn't a conversation. Exactly, because in a restriction relationship, disrespect is a battle of the egos, right? And mm-hmm. when you have a battle of the egos, one must win, the other must lose. And yeah. since the conflict in the relationship in this state is never brought to resolution. The ego builds upon its resentment program. The partner that loses the battle builds resentment. The partner that wins the battle builds resentment because the other won't change. And this creates a cycle of toxic behavior that can become abusive. So we can see this in many relationships. Moving the relationship from the valley restriction to the mountain expansion must be a conscious process. That's what we're going to talk about today. It never happens accidentally. You can hope it's going to get better. You can pray it's going to get better. But remember that the realities are held through routines in a relationship. The most important routine is how you deal with conflict. Mm -hmm. Right? You understand that, right? Yeah, for sure. So respect in relationships always begins with you, the individual, and self-respect. And we discussed this on Tuesday's Health Huddles. Go back and listen to it. Now, the most important aspect in creating respect and moving a relationship into expansion relationship is an agreement. In coaching, we use what's called a relationship agreement. Both parties must agree. And how the relationship will grow, how the relationship will deal with conflict, how the relationship creates mutual respect. I don't see how anybody can have a connected relationship if they don't know, have an agreement and how they're going to deal with things. Because you're not going to stop conflict, especially in relationships, especially if you have children and things. It's even more. Your thoughts on that, David? Yeah, I think uh, it's weird because me and Vanessa, we, we we literally said it's like a business. You know, you have a protocol when something goes wrong in a business, but nobody has it in a relationship. You know, so when we have things that we want to talk about, especially if it's something that can, you know, cause a conflict that it takes us a while to resolve, neither of us will 
bring it up, especially, you know, at night and things like that. And when we make sure that we have time to talk about it, however long that takes. Yes. And we've set it up that way. And it's because I would say something that eh, this bothers me and it's 1030 at night. Nobody wants to do that at night. Nobody wants to deal with that, especially if you go go to sleep mad. And that's one thing that we've taken from you guys. We won't go to sleep. Yeah, mad. I think it's one of the most and important we, we, we'll, we'll stay up one, two, three yeah. o'clock in the morning until this is resolved. And now we also know that that's not beneficial to us either. So we'll actually bring it up at a time that works for both of us. And she knows when I have things going on, when she has things going on. So we figured out a way and our way wouldn't work with everybody, but it's our it's way. your agreement. Right. Mm -hmm. So what David is talking about is that Linda and I, my wife, for your new listeners, we have a simple rule. We never go to bed with a conflict. Never. If there's an issue where that is just like David saying, it's dealt with before we go to sleep. And if it, had, if it means staying up late and figuring it out, that's what it means. But we've come to a resolution on the conflict. And it's so important. Because if you are in a relationship and you go to bed mad with a conflict, you wake up mad with a conflict. And if you're busy that morning and you have to take off quickly, guess what you're carrying all day? You're tearing the conflict all day long. And this, the ego takes this conflict and creates conflict distortion. And so the ego will bring others into your reality to confirm that, yeah, She's wrong or he's wrong. It shouldn't be that way. And the conflict even gets bigger. So these are part of our agreement was a rule Lynn and I have, uh, because I've screwed up so many relationships that if I know what doesn't work. Right. And so we have that rule. And we also have time where we're in the relationship role. We're not doing business. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing my bodybuilding, not doing this. I'm in, it's called Linda time. And it's really important because that's how we connect. So if we look at this process, and this is what you just said, to begin the process of any type of change in your life, it begins in awareness. Because the human being is hardwired for behavior. This behavior is dictated by what is held in mind. And what is held in mind is what drives behavior. And this is automatic and unconscious. This is set by the ego and the respect, disrespect program held. And this is held in a routine supporting your reality. So how can you create an expansive relationship in respect if you are unaware of your current programming? It's just, it's impossible, right? So I think you have to look at the pendulum and some of the things that would be considered disrespectful that need to be let go. Are you okay with that? You have anything you want to yeah, add? Sounds good. No, I think that's a good place to start. So here's some signs that disrespect is ruling the relationship. And this must come from your reality, not your partner's. You understand? Mm -hmm. You yeah. got to see it. And then you guys got to come together. So one one thing is when you got disrespect, when you have disregard for your free time. So what this is talking about is what David was talking about. For an expansive relationship, you need connection. So if your partner chooses to spend an excessive amount of time with others over you, this will impact your self-worth and the relationship. And the pendulum of this is expecting or demanding your partner to constantly choose you over other essential individuals in their in their life such as family right 
So disregard of time, your free time is, what is your time in the agreement? Is there a time where you're not on your phone, you're not texting, you are spending it in some type of manner with your partner? But you guys got to set that agreement. And when that agreement is set, you got to honor the agreement. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think that's where it, it takes work, especially with, I think, um, the younger generation technology and stuff. And I even think that morphs into the older generation because everybody's on their phone or everybody's on an iPad, laptop, something. Um, Vanessa and I do something interesting where after our workout, which usually finishes at like 8 o'clock, we have an alarm before we go to bed. So from 8 to like 9.30, I don't care if she's on her phone. I could be on my laptop. I finish up some emails. Then there's another alarm that goes off that that's when phones are done. We clean up the house. We go to the room and we just hang out. There you go. And that's our time. So when I see her on her phone and stuff like that, it doesn't bother me. It's not our time yet. And then when it is, great. But there's also kind of like an audible, you know, where you see like we're trying to spend time before I put my phone down. And it's about like feeling the other person. It's not just about how I feel. If I want to be on my phone and she wants to spend time, you have to also be able to be flexible with it. I think neutrality, an important part. Expansion. Yeah. Know your green zone energies, people. It's neutrality. But you've got to understand, you've got to respect the other person. Mm-hmm. And that's connection, right? And so how do you do it? You create an agreement. From this time to that time, that's what Linda and I, exactly what we do. And my phone, I, I, it took me a long time because I'm kind of a workaholic. And I had to learn how to switch my role from career into relationship. And I had to actually create that where I shut everything off. And and you know, when I shut off, you're getting a hold of me. Yeah, you know, I think it's also interesting because the respect goes outside of just your relationship now with that aspect. Because if I'm calling or texting you, I know what time it is, and I'll call her. I know that. I'll make sure that it's got to be an emergency too. Yeah, understand. That and it is, I think that's a, a big part of it is knowing when to do it, and especially like you said with work, because now I'm really enjoying work and stuff like that. So I can find myself yes. without noticing I'm running into that time. It's not like I'm forcing it. That's oh, I got to finish this one paragraph. It's like no, I, yeah. I have to respect that aspect. Too. And you got to walk away. And you, there, there's yeah. nothing more important once that timer goes off because you're you're transitioning your role from your career into your relationship. And your relationship has to be impo- as important as your career. And we yeah. say it is, but our behavior doesn't always show that, mm-hmm. right? So number two, it's disrespect when you're being consistently late. Being late or making your partner late for their commitments, this is a sign of disrespect and it creates resentment. Now, I will put an asterisk here. An asterisk is culture. Being married to Hispanic (laughs) woman, right? The culture of being late. But Linda's never late. But her daughter, my daughter, is your sister. And everyone else. Your sister is always late, right? It's a cultural thing. But what it means is when you're consistently not respecting the other person and their commitments because you're holding up something, that is a sign of disrespect. Remember, we're looking at things that could possibly be affecting your expansion relationship. So that's one. You understand that one? Yeah, I'd say that's why Vanessa's my, my favorite gym partner. 
It's because she doesn't miss. She doesn't. She's not late. She's yep. on time. She doesn't. That's why, you know, relationships, they even come outside of that. That's why you told me, watch out for gym partners. Yeah, they suck. And sure, is, <laughs> sure enough. And it, it's a hard to be consistent when there's no agreement in that aspect either. So Agreements, right? Now, number three, and this is an important one. It shows disrespect in a relationship when there's no respect for mental or emotional privacy. You can have a close relationship, but everyone must have room to process their own emotional situations. When the other partner's trying to fix the other partner's situation all the time, usually this is men trying to fix women, you know, um, it doesn't work because you're not respecting their letting go process. You're not respecting their process. And if they share, that's one thing. But for you to say, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Uh, are you? It just that I'm telling you, it doesn't work because remember, an expansion relationship is both partners are in the green zone. Both partners are in expansion and growing, and they're growing at their own pace on their own agenda. But when they come together, they're stronger than when they're apart, but they're allowed to grow. And if you can't process the emotional, uh, mental and emotional things, uh, we all know that emotion is a program activator, right? then the person can't grow. You can't fix another person. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, with me being a, an inspired purpose, this one was big because I like my space. I like shutting down. I close the door. I kind of go into my own little you know, thing to deal with stuff. And in the beginning, that was a problem for Vanessa. Yes, it she was. was. caring. She, oh, my God. It, yes, it, it was. used to drive me nuts. Yes. And then it sounded selfish because I was getting upset that she was caring. So we actually had to have that conversation yeah. that this is how I deal with things. It's not that I'm upset about it. And now she'll see that if I'm in the room, you know, door closed and I'm doing something, she'll come in. Hey, do you need anything? And then she'll leave. That's an agreement. She's not poking the bear or anything like that and trying to bring it out of me because she knows when I'm ready to talk, I will. That's an agreement, right? It's so important to have those. Now, number four I have for disrespect is breaking promises. And it's just not doing what you say you're going to do. It's not doing what you promise. It's a behavior that makes the other feel like they're not important. They're not worthy of stuff. You say you're going to do something, you don't do it. And this can really affect the relationship because remember, to create an expansion relationship, you've got to be in the green zone. If you are building resentment in a relationship, the ego will use that consistently to activate you and pull you off the mountain into the valley. So breaking promises is a big thing. You have to be careful that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And you have to be able to say no when you really don't want to do it and be comfortable <laughs> enough to do it. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah. And again, this is the being flexible and neutrality part. Being able to really show action sometimes I'll promise something that I've full put a hundred percent effort in that I can't do it, but she'll see that I tried my absolute best and she understands that that me, that's not me breaking a promise. That's her being flexible with certain things too. It's that intentional, like, you know, you said yes with no intentions of actually coming through, which is, that's like a stab to the heart every time. Absolutely. Another one I think is very important for people to look at number five in disrespect it's devaluing the opinion of the other put downs or just kind of joking with them, right? We say we're joking, but a lot of times that ego doesn't know it's a joke and you're ridiculing for your people are sometimes ridiculed for speaking their mind. This is belittling the other person. 
And so I think it's important that sometimes we do, Linda and I are, we, we jab each other, but you know, it's, <laughs> we know we got to be careful because you can't devalue the opinion of the other person. Mm-hmm. That is just total disrespect. Yeah. Number six, this is a big one in relationships. Partner makes decisions without you. Large purposes, signs contracts, sets, buys new subscriptions. This is disrespectful for the money, but the, the, the family budget or whatever. It's just the lack of, I don't buy anything without asking Linda, <laughs> nothing because not that I can't do it. It's just that if she's running a budget, I have to respect that. I can't just go in. I know we have money, but it's just a respect thing. That's all it is. Your thoughts on that. Yeah, that that's where we set very clear, you know, roles with certain things. I don't have to ask about groceries. She doesn't have to ask me about buying stuff like that. But she will anytime we go to buy something on Amazon or anything like that. I mean, even if it's small, 10, 15, 20 yes. bucks. She comes to me and say, hey, I'm going to order this. Or she'll even say, hey, I want to get this. Do you need anything? Yes. And that's her way of just yeah. bringing it up and stuff and we'll have conversations. But I think that's, to me, it, it's not... It's not necessary in my head, but I'm, the fact that she does it is the appreciation that I get out of the, the respect that we exactly. have for each other. Number seven is a big one, by the way, in today's world. It's snooping, going on the other person's phone or their computer, reading their journal, going through their stuff, right? You got to respect the other person's stuff. And then people say, well, what are you hiding? Well, if Linda wants to go on my stuff, she can go on my stuff. She shouldn't have to. Right, mm-hmm. you want people to respect you, and if she is, wants to go on my stuff, ask me, go on my stuff, right? But if you are that person that's looking at your partner's Instagram and their Facebook and looking at that, all you're doing is creating resentment, and again, you're taking the relationship off the mountain into the valley into resentment. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a, a big one. And I think that stems from what we were talking about a lot about the comparison and kind of the insecurities that social media and things create. And that becomes the conversation of trust with somebody. When we journal, because that Vanessa journals, I journal, we don't sit in the same room. Yeah, you, that's we won't so journal personal. in the same room because if, if somebody starts crying or yep. getting upset and things like that, that's to me, that is me snooping on her. Allowing time. the emotional, right? Be, yeah, yes. exactly. So even though I'm not looking at her journal, I don't want her to feel pressured or feel like, you know, she can't be who she is. And that's the same thing with, you know, social media. I give you enough trust to don't break my trust. That's all I ask. You know, you do. I'm damned if you do. And then if I don't, thank you, you know, but I can't do nothing about it regardless. Okay. Number eight, another piece of disrespect is when one of the partners never contributes or they live in expectation. In other words, I expect you to do the laundry. I expect you to do this. I expect this, right? And you do it without gratitude, right? So if Linda makes me lunch, I am thankful. She doesn't have to. If she does that, right? She measures all my foods and everything. She doesn't have to. And if she doesn't, I know how to make my meals. It's being in gratitude, right? It's not being in like you you have an expectation that they should do that. An entitlement role. If one of the partners becomes entitled, you got issues. Your thoughts? Yeah, Vanessa, uh, 
and it stuck with me because I, I journaled about it. She, she one day we finished the podcast and she said, thank you for going to work today. Right. And I thought it was the weirdest thing, but she knows I'm really building and like trying to create this big thing for us. And I guess she kind of took that in consideration. Most people don't realize that some, you know, guys or girls who are the, the head of the household and things like that, they do it because, you know, you have to eat, you have to live, but that's still something to show kind of an appreciation, Absolutely. even though it's, it's an expectation because you got to live. But even then the gratitude and appreciation goes so much further. It's so important realize. to have, you know, that gratitude because that's a connection to the creation mind. And that is a connection <laughs> to green zone. Number nine, flirting. Now this is big in your more probably in yours than my generation because flirting on social media is very can look seem like it's it could just pull you into it but when you're flirting and you're consistently flirting it's disrespectful to the other partner your thoughts on that well i think that goes to the same thing you said about investing time into others you know maybe it's not always just flirting and stuff like that and you're not flirting back with the somebody else is and you're entertaining it whether it be you know just replying back because you feel like you need to as being respectful it's not respectful to your significant other because that like you said it's still time invested into someone else or even giving a you know false hope to someone uh, else even though you're being just nice you gotta be careful if the other one person takes it as flirting and then they're trying to advance, I think that's one of the big things that I think it's cool. Like, you know, Vanessa posts or I post and, you know, you get comments and stuff. You won't see any reciprocation. And that's the key, right? It's, and it's yeah. okay if it comes at you. I, you can't you know, do anything I, I, about that. Yeah. You know? And so number 10 I have is activate triggers. What is that? Well, when you're with somebody long enough, they know your triggers, but it's sometimes it's bringing up the past or name calling or playing on the individual's insecurities because nobody knows you better than your partner. Nobody, right? They see the ugly mask ripped off, bad breath in the morning. They see it all, right? So when you activate the triggers intentionally just to get a rise out of somebody and people do that all the time, it's the ego. And again, that is a sign of disrespect. Yeah. Uh, number 11 is when the other partner keeps trying to change you. It's huge, right? If you're trying to change somebody, you're imposing your will. That's a want of control. It's your ego. You're in a restriction relationship. You know, you've got to allow people. You can't. You can't keep trying to change somebody that doesn't want to change. I don't care if you love them or not. You can't do it. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that goes with, you know, having someone else's best interest for them is one thing. And then when they ask for suggestions, you give it because that's them open and willing to do it. But being forced to change it i see guys that are like oh you should dye your hair this way or do this and, and it may be just surface level stuff as far as looks but then where does it stop yep you know absolutely and that's the huge part then the last one i have number 12 is the silent treatment or they keep interrupting you they don't let you talk they don't let that they're not respecting you enough for you to talk or they shut down and they won't talk to you either way mm -hmm. that's a form of control and guilt, right? So once you become aware and you sit in open agreement, you want to set that agreement in 500 love, 
you can then create a relationship agreement covering all five life categories. And five, remember, a 500 love is freedom. It means you're putting together an agreement without attachment or expectation. It's an agreement. It means both of you are agreeing, right? And you're executing that agreement. Now, we do, Linda and I do ours every quarter because sometimes things change, especially in a career category, because if I'm traveling or things get busy or things are changing, it could change our times, right? But you want to do this in neutrality and try it. If something's not working, don't give up. Change it till it works because your relationship has to be important for you. And so when you set the relationship agreement in career, what in your work life you have to understand is that's your work life and you got to be able to transition. In the finance life category, how are you guys going to deal with money? Very important. Have a conversation. How are you going to do it? Is one person going to run it? Are you going to have budgets? Are you going to both do it? Do you meet on it? Health. Health life category. What's a diet and exercise regimen? How are we going to take care of ourselves? How do we support each other? Or am I doing my thing and you're doing your thing? That's Linda and I, right? We support each other, but we have our own thing, right? Mm -hmm. You have a very similar thing because you both are competing bodybuilders. So it's easier for you. Linda and I, but she'll support me and I'll support her. And then in the relationship life category, the most important thing, is what's the agreement and how you're going to do conflict resolution? How are you going to deal with conflict? Especially if you have kids. How are you guys coming together to deal with conflict? And then in a personal and spiritual development, it's mutual respect, allowing each other to grow. You heard David, when they journal, they go in separate places. So they have mutual respect. So yes, you got to set boundaries, schedules, the roles that you're going to play. And this must be done in neutrality and forgiveness. Because I guarantee you, when you first set that agreement, you will fall. And when you fall, you got to get back up. You got to forgive, you know, let go and reset it until it becomes your relationship life category till it becomes a skill till it becomes your reality then there's no thought about it anymore it's automatic but if you don't set that reality that relationship agreement and how you're going to deal with the kids how you're going to deal with the house how you're going to deal with the money all these things well then you're going to have you're going to be getting conflict because you can't stop conflict your thoughts david yeah i think uh, it- if you establish that early in the relationship, and that was kind of like the um, the thing that me and Vanessa had to kind of reverse engineer because we did it in the beginning, you know. The longer you're with somebody, the more roles that you end up having to play, sure. you know, because it just started as a relationship. She didn't care what I did about work. She went to work. I went to work. That was it. We just worried about kind of relationship. When you start to get serious, you move in with somebody. Now you got a household role that you have to play. You have a work role, and then now you have a relationship. With Vanessa and I, now we have a competitive role that we have to also be able to shut down, shut off, and do stuff like that. Sure. And I think the same thing. The longer you go, you have kids. Now you have more responsibilities, yep. especially if you guys become like business partners. Now you got business partner. Now you have relationship. Yep. So I think it's just going to, the, the faster you can learn to create an agreement and expand on that agreement where it's the same respect in all roles. It's, it's, 
it's none of these change per role. You know, all of these still fall within all the same things. I think just having that ability to transfer it over and be able to kind of literally let go, even if nothing wrong is going, let go of what's going on at work and change your role. Absolutely. Let go of what's going on at the gym, good workout, bad workout, let it go. And then be present for whichever role you're playing. Because if you take relationship to work, it's never good. You take work to relationship, it's never good. Exactly. So being able to let go and transition and be fully present is probably the best thing you can do. And it, and it, and it does take – the agreement is you guys sitting down and really making a decision what you want your relationship to look like. And if you, don't ever, if you never do that – you will have relationships and drama and conflict because it's impossible. Yeah, you have assumptions. Absolutely. And expectations. And with the yes. expectations, you're going to get activated for sure. Yeah. That's it for today's show. Our mission here is to create a shift in the planet. You can join us on this mission by simply like, share, subscribe. The links are right below the show notes. As always, until next time, stay inspired.